Will They Find a Home? Sponsored by Geico. Steve is intrigued by the paranormal. Otherworldly spirits really make a house a home, you know? Janice has different taste. I'd like my house to not be haunted. Compromise is tough, but these two won't have to compromise when they bundle home and car insurance with Geico. It's easy, and they could save even more. In the end, Steve and Janice found a renovated Victorian that's only haunted from 9 to 5. Okay, wife's home. Y'all gotta bounce. Bye, Steve. Bundling without compromise at Geico.com. From the basement of the Bob and Tom Studios, it's that Josh Arnold podcast. My goodness. Oh, New Year's week. Are you kidding me? Hello. Thank you for being here today. Uh, yes, I came in. That's right. I'm off work, technically. Have been uh, a little over a week and will be for a little under another week. But I thought, hey, I should come in, do the show, because this week was my only chance to have this guest with me. Uh, Their schedule's a little tight, and they had today available, and I wasn't going to pass it up. I had to come in to visit with uh, my guest this week. You! Oh, boy, it's you, and... uh, My gosh, am I happy to see you. I hope uh, your holiday was terrific. I hope you had a wonderful Christmas or uh, Hanukkah or Kwanzaa or whatever it is that you uh, celebrate. I hope you really enjoyed. And uh, you know what? I bet there's some folks out there that uh, celebrate two or three. You know, they uh, maybe uh, some sort of situation where they uh, get to celebrate Hanukkah and Christmas or uh, Christmas and Kwanzaa. I, I don't know. Uh, admittedly, I don't know enough about Kwanzaa. I should. Uh, well, I remember when I was in college, uh, they had this sort of special assembly that you could go to to learn all about Kwanzaa, and I did. I went. It was one night, uh, like in the commons area or whatever, and I went. And uh, well, it was great. There was a, these a lot of speakers, and they talked all about the history of Kwanzaa. And what it means and uh, how it's celebrated around the world. And I don't remember any of it because I'm an idiot. So uh, I remember being uh, really enjoying it and, and being fascinated and thinking, oh, well, that's a pretty cool thing. But I, <laughs> if I were on a game show right now and there were a lot of money at stake to describe even one thing about it, I don't, I don't think I could do it. Uh, you know, it was I was what? 19 or whatever when I went to that thing, and I'm 42 now, so I, maybe there's a bit of an excuse. I, I I wish I could tell you I retained uh, enough. So anyway, I should give myself a refresher course on exactly what Kwanzaa is. And I don't uh, – thank you very much for already leaping to your keyboards and typing me a, a message about what it is. and everything. That's, I'll, I'll, I can look it up. You don't need to do that, but I appreciate it. And <laughs> anyway, I hope that you had a fine time. I, I certainly did. A very nice holiday. My family ended up having an impromptu Zoom call on Christmas Eve. Uh, and, um, you know, I guess it was around 7 o'clock at night. And I got a, a text from my sister-in-law, Jessica, saying, hey, why don't we have a, a Zoom call tonight? And <laughs> my brothers and I being the... Uh, 
playful cynics that we are, I'll, I'll poo-poo the idea, of course, but it ended up happening, and uh, it was great. We had a terrific time. There were like, uh, oh, we were all on our phones, uh, pretty much, and iPads, and uh, <laughs> I think with nieces and nephews and my brothers and sisters-in-law and everything, it, there ended up being about, oh man, 10 of us or so, uh, 10 or 12, I'm not too sure, and uh, it, we had a lot of laughs. It lasted for about an hour hour 15, something like that, and we watched uh, my youngest nieces uh, open their presents, uh, open some presents, rather, and, um, oh, boy, we had a lot of joking around, um, a lot of, uh, you know, (laughs) why did we do this? This is boring, (laughs) that that kind of joking around, and uh, it was fun. It was really good, and uh, I'm sure a fair amount of you did something similar on Christmas Eve or Christmas uh, morning. And I hope it was fun. It uh, it sounds silly, kind of, and it's also kind of a bummer. I mean, it's it's indicative of what everybody's going through. But it was a it was a nice time, and I also got to spend uh, Christmas Eve and Christmas morning with some uh, people that are very special to me, and uh, it was a lovely, lovely time. So I hope yours was uh, was as well. Uh, this week's sponsor, uh, I want to thank uh, right now. Uh, boy, uh, one of my favorite uh, favorite things um, this week's sponsor, an exciting dream. Oh, man, how about that? You, you go to bed and uh, you drift off. <laughs> you drift off to sleep there and you have yourself an exciting dream. Boy, and, I, and it, it could be uh, exciting in, in any way, you know? Maybe, uh, uh, and, and I, I, I think uh, this exciting dream is, when you wake up, you feel good about it. You go, oh, boy, that was exciting and nice, and you're not upset that it's not actually real. Uh, you're just, you feel like you, uh, you feel like you got your money's worth when you, uh, when you were asleep there. And uh, maybe, maybe, uh, maybe you flew in your dream or, uh, well, maybe you, maybe you had a certain encounter with a particular person. Uh, you know, those can be exciting and maybe, <laughs> Maybe you were uh, playing for the major league sports team that you've always wanted. Whatever it was, I hope that you enjoy an exciting dream this week. <laughs> uh, um, not to be confused with a future sponsor, a good daydream. That's uh, um, <clears throat> right. <clears throat> writing that down to uh, contact them and see if they'll they'll sponsor a future show. Okay, so. Uh, I have, uh, it's weird. It's only been a week since I've, I mean, it's been the normal amount of time since I, uh, have talked to you, but I, I feel like I've missed you a little bit and I'm excited to, uh, be able to hop on board the train here and pull into vocabulary station with you. Oh boy. Yep. Wave to the folks there and, uh, let's, let's pull on in. This is a good one. This is, uh. Uh, a great, uh, uh, you know, I, I guess it's considered a word, but I, it's a phrase, and uh, it's French. Uh, well, that doesn't count, Josh. Yes, of course it does, and I'll tell you why here in a second. It's uh, this is a great. I hope you get to use this uh, this week. It's uh, mo juste. Now, some of you may have heard of this. Uh, I had. Um, I, I, and I had recently, 
but I'd never used it or anything. And then I'd recently come across it again and went, oh, my gosh, I forgot how much I love this. And I need to be using this more. Mo Just. It's, it's spelled M-O-T. And then the next word is J-U-S-T-E. Mo Just. And uh, it means, it's a noun. It means the perfect word or phrase to communicate precisely what it is that you want to say. Isn't that nice? So a lot of times uh, we have trouble finding that mojuste to really describe a situation or a person or or an experience or, or whatever. But uh, if you think hard enough and you and you, you take your time, uh, that mojuste will come to you. The perfect word or phrase to communicate precisely what it is you want to say. How cool is that? A mojuste. And isn't it funny that uh, there's a bit of irony here that we don't have an English mojuste. We have to borrow the French. Uh, you know, we should come up with something. We should come up with a word that, an English word or phrase that would mean the perfect word or phrase. I mean, look, you could say, well, Josh, you just said it, the perfect word or phrase. The communi- Well, it's a bit, it's not as, it's not as elegant, is it, as mojuste. So try to use that this week. Uh, if somebody says something that really nails a situation on the head or you can tell that what they just told you was exactly how they feel or, or what they're thinking, go, hey, well, boy, that was that was the perfect mojuste. And they'll go, what? And you'll go, well, just listen to that Josh Arnold podcast uh, once in a while, won't you? Maybe learn a thing or two. Uh, anyway, <laughs> I, I really enjoy that word. I hope you do, too. Mojuste. You know what else I enjoyed uh, over the holidays? Uh, uh, many things. Boy, the, the TCM continues. Well, I think last night was the last night, but uh, because they were the star of the month on Turner Classic Movies, but they were uh, showing more Laurel and Hardy. And uh, boy, I watched some yesterday, and I recorded some that I haven't yet to yet to watch. Just a delight. Those guys. Oh. <laughs> They, they really, really make me laugh, and uh, I hope you were able to check some out. So I enjoyed that, and I enjoyed uh, a couple books that I've been reading, and and uh, I've been introduced to some new music by my producer, Jason, which maybe I'll talk about next week if I end up enjoying enough of it. We'll see. Uh, so far, uh, they're three for three, this particular band. But, you know, if they... Uh, if they strike out uh, more times than three, then maybe I won't mention them. In fact, I shouldn't even be talking about it right now. What a waste of everyone's time. But here's the deal. What I enjoyed this week is... Ah, listen to that. This, if, if there is such a thing as a musical mojuste for this moment, it, it's this. It's, it's this song. This is a musical most used for what I enjoyed. I certainly enjoyed it. Ah, <laughs> oh, boy. Well, it's it's a movie this week, and uh, uh, you all know that I'm a big cinephile. I've always loved movies ever since I was a kid, and this movie I used to watch all the time as a kid. It was always on... Uh, cable or whatever uh one of the you know as you, as most of you know i i grew up in a family that we didn't have much money but uh somehow we had hbo i'll have to ask my parents about that <laughs> about hey uh you know what i don't blame them at all anything to uh 
they had four boys, and if it cost them, you know, <laughs> twenty bucks a month uh, that they didn't have to keep us occupied in any way possible, <laughs> uh, good for them. So uh, I don't know how we had HBO, but we had it. So uh, and this was on all the time, and I absolutely uh, loved this movie. And I hadn't seen it in, oh boy, probably 20 years, even though I'd always considered it sort of a favorite of mine. I just never, never uh, revisited it. And I got to this week, and I'm telling you, it's as delightful now as it was for me when I was six, seven, eight years old. In fact, more delightful because I understand uh, a lot more that's going on. It's called, I'm sure many of you have seen it, it's called All of Me with Steve Martin and Lily Tomlin. And directed by the the late great Carl Reiner, and it's a terrific comedy with a very silly premise that where you might go, well, that's not for for me at all. That sounds way too silly, but it works and it works uh, exceptionally well. Steve Martin plays a lawyer and one of uh, at this law firm, and one of the clients is this very rich but very sickly. Lily Tomlin, and she has decided that when she she uh, dies, her soul, uh, with the aid of uh, a guru, will be transported into the body of a younger woman, and she'll be able to enjoy uh, life in a in a a physically able uh, younger person, and and uh, do everything that she's always wanted to do. Well. The uh, way it works is when she dies, the guru does some sort of chant and the soul uh, goes into this bowl and then uh, the other person, you know, ideally here, the young woman played by Victoria Tennant uh, would touch the bowl and then the Lily Tomlin soul would go into her. Well, through a series of uh, mishaps, if you will, the bowl hits Steve Martin on the head and lo and behold, Lily Tomlin's soul goes into his body. And uh, he hears her voice in his head, he, and uh, they can hear each other's thoughts, and <laughs> uh, she controls the right side of his body, and I'm telling you, what Steve Martin does here physically, the physical comedy in this movie is so exquisitely performed, it, it, it's amazing. It's so funny and so true to this this reality, this situation that they're in, it's flawless, and it's really something to behold. And again, a silly movie, a silly conceit, but wonderfully done, a lot of laughs, a very sweet movie, terrific actors. Uh, Victoria Tennant, as I mentioned, she was once married to Steve Martin for, oh, I think seven or eight years and uh, in real life. But the great Richard Libertini and Jason Bernard and... Uh, Selma Diamond, that gravelly-voiced old lady from Night Court. <laughs> She's in it. And, uh, oh, man, just uh, just an awesome movie. Carl Reiner's uh, timing as a director and tone, just wonderful. I think you're going to like it if you haven't seen it. And if you have seen it, maybe uh, revisit it like I did. All of Me from 1984. It's, uh, it's a real treat. And uh, it's got a nice message, too, about what what you may be doing in life and uh, what you may want to be doing in life. And ideally those things 
meet up. Ideally, they're the same. You know, the old adage, uh, if you're doing something, you never work a day uh, in your life. If you love your work, I'm butchering it, of course, as I tend to do. I'm uh, not a uh, a true master of the mo juiced, uh, <laughs> but I, I work on it. And uh, I, you know what I'm saying here. It's it's uh, if you love what you do, then uh, you're not really. You know what? I, I continue to butcher it. What a what a jerk I am to the, whatever uh, the phrase, the exact phrase is. I just have been really uh, mistreating it. But I think you get the idea. Uh, ideally, that's what life is. And hopefully with New Year's coming up in uh, just a couple days, um, you find yourself in a place where, well, you're either doing exactly what you love or you're going to uh, try to get there. And... Uh, that's kind of what New Year's is about, isn't it? You reflect on the year and uh, what everything you've accomplished and things you didn't accomplish and, you know, the good the good stuff and the bad stuff. But you also want to proceed to the next year and advance and uh, focus on what's to come. It's really an interesting sort of crossroads. I, I've always found New Year's Eve. It's why I've always liked it. It's a, a celebration of of uh, what's transpired and what is going to transpire. It's it's really kind of a cool moment. And this year, you know, you've heard it ad nauseum. Oh, it's a weird, it's been a weird year. It's been a tough year. And it certainly has, as we all know. Um, But certainly some good things happened this year for you. Uh, I hope, uh, regardless of how tough things may have gotten for you, I bet, uh, you know, you could count on more than one hand um, some of the the blessings that you've you've had this year. I mean, my gosh, babies have been born in 2020, and uh, uh, people have gotten married, even if it was in sort of an empty uh, church or whatever location, you know, but these are still good things. And uh, I hope that you've had enough of them to to counterbalance the the rough stuff. And boy, there's been some rough stuff. And God bless you if if this has been a a, a really tough year for you. I, I I've mentioned it before, and I'll mention it again because uh, it, it it bears repeating. I boy never take for granted the fact that I've been able to work during uh, 2020. Um. And to, I mean, to have a job that I love is already a blessing and to be able to, to continue to do it during this strange year, my gosh, I feel doubly blessed and uh, so thankful. And I, I know a lot of you haven't been able to, to say the same, but maybe 2021, you, you will be able to, in fact, let's, let's uh, count on it. Let's, Let's make it happen. And uh, New Year's Eve, uh, I've never, it's it's something that I, I love because it, of that dichotomy of looking back and looking forward and celebrating the past and the future. But I've also, not, I, I can't say that I've been a, boy, a giant fan of 
deciding what to do on New Year's Eve and making plans and and uh, <laughs> you know where where are we going to go? Where are we going to spend it? What are we going to do? So I've also been in a good position for me where I've been able to work a lot of New Year's Eves. In fact, this is the first New Year's Eve, uh, maybe last year as well, but in, in over a decade, I'd say that I'm that I'm not working. Um, as a stand-up comedian, there are plenty of gigs to be had on New Year's Eve, and it's great you you uh, get paid for celebrating New Year's Eve. It's something I always liked. A lot of people spend big bucks on on their New Year's Eve celebrations. You know, buying tickets to whatever or uh, having a party, and and uh, I never, I haven't had to do that in a while. In fact, it, the opposite. Like I said, I've been given money to go out on New Year's Eve. <laughs> so uh, that's been fun. It's weird performing on New Year's Eve. I'll be honest. A lot of times, comedy clubs will add a show, so you'll do instead of let's say a typical. Saturday night where you'll have like a 7.30 and a 9.30 or a 7.30 and a 10. You'll have a uh, a 5.30 and a 7.30 and a 9.30 or a 10, uh, uh, which is fine because uh, it's a big night. And and um, typically all these shows sell out uh, regardless of who's performing because people are just out wanting to do something. So it's always kind of funny when uh, – if any one of my comedian friends is like, yeah, man, uh, New Year's Eve, a couple sold-out shows. Uh, yeah, you had nothing to do with that. <laughs> they were going to be sold out whether you were there or not. <laughs> and like, well, thanks a lot. But it, it is true. There's uh, <laughs> It was going to sell out anyway. So, um, so that's always fun. You know you're going to be with big groups of people. Ideally, they're out for a good time. But what happens, uh, at least in my experience, what tends to happen is the crowd, <laughs> especially the early shows, um, they are like the 530 and the 730 or whatever they are. <laughs> they're not the biggest laughers. They're, you, it's, hard, it's, it's been hard for me to really kill on those early shows in – um, on New Year's Eve, and this is where my comedian friends would go. Well, it's hard for you to kill, regardless. I, I, okay, fine. But <laughs> I think what what happens is people are a little uptight on New Year's Eve at first. In other words, they're going, "Did we make uh, the right? De- is, is this the right decision? Uh, did I, I feel like there's a lot of uh, boy, and I bet this phrase is over." And I'm going to use it, and it's going to be embarrassing for all of us. But I bet there's a fair amount of FOMO, <laughs> uh, fear of missing out on New Year's Eve. At least this is my theory, that no matter where you are on New Year's Eve, you're always kind of going, should I be at the other place? Should we have gotten tickets to the other thing? or or what? And I, I, I always get the feeling that that's what's happening. Uh... <laughs> and I know I'm setting myself up here. Well, that's what's happening when people see your act. No, that's not what I mean. I mean, <laughs> I'm sure there's some who, when they watch me go, Jesus, we'd, I'd rather be anywhere else. But uh, what I mean in this instance is just there's some stress involved with New Year's. And isn't that weird that one of the nights that we really just want to go out and celebrate, 
we put a lot of pressure on ourselves for it to be uh, kind of a perfect New Year's. Um, this year will be different, of course. And again, I hate saying that because it's, I'm just so, t- I'm sure you are, you're, it's, we're worn out. We're exhausted from hearing this year will be different. But it, it will be. There's no getting around it. And um, so maybe there won't be as much pressure. And I bet it may be a more relaxed and therefore enjoyable New Year's for a lot of us because what can we do? Uh, our plans have sort of been made for us. We're probably going to be at our homes, uh, the majority of us, um, with a small group of people. And I bet it's a delight. I bet you're going to have a really nice time. I know I'm looking forward to, uh, well, sitting at home, <laughs> having some, uh, maybe, you know, making maybe making some favorite snacks, watching some TV, and uh, whether I'm with a few people who, who mean a lot to me or, or, or I'm not, uh, you know, it'll be a nice night. It'll be a, a, a nice, relaxing night to, again, look back and to look forward, and uh, that that can get in the way of uh, that kind of uh, thing that reflection and that anticipation and 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 the the typical pressure that comes with a new year's eve can get in the way of people enjoying themselves at a comedy show again in my experience now there may be other comedians who go what are you talking about new year's eve is always great it's always a blast in some ways i agree there are, it's always sold out and there there people are in uh, Typically a good mood, but there's a weird, I think there's a weird pressure to it. So I've never had the perfect New Year's Eve performing. Plus, comedy clubs don't always know how to treat midnight. So a weird thing, some weird things will happen where let's say the show started at 10 and all the comedians have done their time and the show's gone great and there's 15 minutes now until midnight. So there's always like this awkward thing uh, <laughs> of like this downtime right before mid. So typically the comedians will leave the stage and the servers will bring out champagne and noisemakers. Now, I've done shows before where they've left noisemakers on the tables uh, before that last show. And that is a mistake. <laughs> we're all we're all wanting to play with noisemakers when they're put in front of us. Um, and so that just makes for a, let's just say a different kind of show <laughs> when the audience has them. It'd be like, uh, you know, trying to teach class, but first you put, uh, rubber bands on every kid's desk. Well, they're going to be shooting them at each other. It's just, it's too tempting. By the way, I, I wouldn't you, wouldn't you almost rather have a gun pointed at you than a rubber band? <laughs> I feel like if I had a gun pointed at me, <laughs> I would just kind of freeze and be very logical and just just try to figure out how I c- but if somebody's pointing a rubber band like they're about to shoot, I flip out. Don't don't you just kind of lose your mind? Like, hey, d- come on, man, don't put that <laughs> It's almost uh, anyway. Uh <laughs> I'm sure, I bet one of you has had a gun pointed at you, and you would uh, write me and say, I, I'll take the rubber band. And fair enough. You're, you, I'm sure my assertion is ridiculous. But I think you, some of you know what I was talking about. Anyway, 
Uh, what does that have to do with New Year's, Josh? Nothing. Nothing at all. Uh, every now and again, the train goes off the rails, and uh, you know what? I don't edit it out. No. You you get all of it. Warts and all. That Josh Arnold podcast. <laughs> uh, anywho. Uh, so then what happens uh, during a show when uh, the clock is about to strike midnight? The comedians go back up on stage, and... Uh, you know, we've got our champagne and our noisemakers, and we lead the countdown, and uh, we uh, celebrate, and we sing uh, "Old Lang Syne, and you know what? Nobody gives a sh- Nobody cares <laughs> at all. It's, it's so weird. You're on stage where you were at one at one point not too long ago, the, the focus of a room of hundreds of people, and then midnight strikes, and you look out. And you may as well be not there because uh, everybody's enjoying themselves. Uh, you know, they're with their friends and, and family and wives and husbands or whatever. And they're kissing and it's their moment. And of course it should be. I don't know why uh, the comedians have to get back on stage at New Year's because it's just, I guess, to lead the countdown. That's the only thing. But once that countdown's over, you may as well uh, just dissolve away because uh they don't get which is again that's fine but it is a weird moment for for me um to all of a sudden become immediately obsolete <laughs> it's sort of a lonely feeling so what ends up happening is you you celebrate with uh, your fellow comedians and uh hug and everything and uh, it, it, it 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 look it's a great it's a great thing it's just a weird thing, and it's—it's. Uh, um, I—I uh, guess what I'm saying is I prefer that that weirdness to uh, you know the pressure and the stress of sort of deciding what to do. I, I like that it's decided for me. Hey, I'm booked. I'm going to get paid. I'm going to uh, spend some time with some really good people who are celebrating. And uh, what I what I now really enjoy is just being obsolete uh, in that moment and looking out uh, at hundreds of people celebrating among themselves. It's fascinating. How often do you get to be in a place where you are in a in a, a huge room with hundreds of people, but when you look at a group of four, or you look at a, a couple. Or you uh, look at maybe a table of ten or something. It's it's as though no one else exists. It's uh, they're all celebrating with each other in their immediate space, and and uh, it's it's really quite cool. It's almost like you get to see a uh, hundred different stories taking place all at once. You go, oh my gosh, there's an older couple, and they're out on a a nice New Year's date. And oh my man, there there's a group of uh, six, and uh, six friends and and their couples and or oh my gosh, there's a, a group of uh, five single guys or five single ladies and they're they're out having fun. It's it's really uh, it's really it's really pretty cool. And um, you know, I, I had a moment in my life once on a New Year's Eve where I realized that. Uh, it was kind of a, a humbling moment where I was being very, very selfish, and it was a, a really good reminder of not 
not to be so self-concerned. I was working as a manager at a movie theater in St. Louis, and this theater was super cool. It, it had three screens. It was old, and there were multiplexes all over town. But, uh, you know, 12 screens, 20 screens, that kind of thing with with uh, all the uh, surround sound and all that stuff. But this theater was older. But what made it so special was it had – it was an old movie house um, where the screen was gigantic and it sat like 600 people. Um, so it was like an old – school movie house and what they eventually did before I started working there was they took out like 200 uh, seats from the main auditorium and they turned those into two smaller auditoriums so there were there ended up being three screens but at one time it was just a one screen thing but that one each individual theater we would call houses that one house still sat like 400 and at the time, it had the biggest screen in St. Louis, and this thing was gigantic. And I remember we had uh, they uh, the distribution company, whoever it is, I, I forget right now, but um, uh, they had a re-release of Gone with the Wind. And on one of my days off, I went and watched it. Uh, and to see Gone with the Wind in this gigantic theater, old school, ornate, Beautiful theater on a huge screen with uh, the, and the projector in that house was 70 millimeter. And to see that old, you know, movie in that sort of uh, environment c- complete with intermission and uh, it was packed. Uh, oh, my gosh. It was awesome. Just awesome. So I'm working there one New Year's Eve. I'm the only manager. And I decide to let my staff leave because. After the seven o'clock show, there were three movies showing. So after about the seven o'clock rush, we would call it. Um, I didn't expect many people to come to the theater for the ten o'clock showings, and I forget all three movies that were showing. But I knew that they weren't that big of a they weren't like blockbusters, and people probably weren't going to come to the movies. Uh, for the 10 o'clock shows because they wanted to be somewhere celebrating the strike of midnight. So after that seven o'clock rush, I told my employees, Hey, go home. Whoever, whoever shows up, I can handle, I can uh, do the box office. I can do the concessions. It was a small enough theater to where, Oh, I could run it by myself. I, I did everything I ran. Uh, I often did um, on like weeknights and stuff. I would, people would come in, I would sell them their ticket and their concessions and then they would go sit down, and then I would go up, and I would thread the movies in the projector, and start them, and run, and it was uh, it was cool. It kept me busy, and everything ran fine. And I knew I could do that on this New Year's Eve, but I also knew that the house party of the year was going on, and I, all my friends were there, and uh, chicks I wanted to hook up with were there. <laughs> and, <laughs> And it was going to be insane, and I had to get there. I guess I was, uh, oh, boy, 21, maybe. Um, Yeah, yeah, maybe 22, something like that. Uh, So 
this was prime like New Year's house party. I mean, this was a big deal for me to get to this party. And I knew that if nobody showed up for these 10 o'clock shows, that I could leave work and be out of there by like, after, you know, doing all the closing paperwork and counting and all, whatever. I could be out of there by 11 and get to this house party by 1130 and, uh, you know, maybe uh, bong a couple quick beers and really be set for midnight. And, <laughs> and two of the movies no one showed up for in the smaller houses. They didn't. Uh, and the time came for them to start. And then uh, I didn't start them. And uh, five minutes passed, ten minutes passed. And I never started those movies and I knew it was smooth sailing. All I needed was for nobody to show up for the 10:15 movie, which was over two hours long, and it wouldn't. Uh, so it wouldn't get out until well after midnight, where I'd still have to be there. <laughs> and I, so I sat there going, "Okay, if no one shows up for," and the movie was the Evening Star, the uh, the <laughs> sort of. It was the sequel to Terms of Endearment. It starred Shirley MacLaine, and uh, uh, I, I <laughs> let's, let's let's just say not high on a lot of people's radar. There was a, there weren't a ton of people clamoring to see this flick. It was a nice little movie. I I saw it, but it <laughs> I on New Year's Eve I was certain. Well, ten fifteen rolls around, nobody is there, and I think, oh my gosh, terrific. I can uh, start closing things up. And as I start closing things up, a car pulls into the parking lot, and the lobby was all windows so I could see it. And these two older couples get out of the car, and I go, well, that's it. That's my New Year's. Um, This is, uh, of course, the people who would come see the Evening Star on New Year's Eve. (laughs) So they slowly walk in. And they say, uh, have we missed some of the movie? Because it was like 10.20 at this time. Maybe 10.25, whatever. And I say, no, honestly, I haven't started it yet. And they said, great! (laughs) This was ideal for them. (laughs) But it made it even worse for me because not only did I know I was going to stay until that movie was over, now it was starting 10 minutes later than it should have. So I almost... My instinct was to lie to them. My instinct was to say, I apologize. The movie broke earlier in the night, and it can't be fixed. (laughs) And here are some tickets to come back another time. But, I mean, look, the better part of me uh, won, all right? The better person in me won. And I sold them their tickets, and I sold them their concessions, in my head, I'm cussing them, you know, going, ah, I can't believe you people. You, What are you doing here? How, how, how selfish of you to come here and ruin my New Year's Eve. And uh, this is, you couldn't do anything else. You had to come see the evening star. Do you notice that there's no one else here? So does that tell you what a mistake you've made? That uh, you're doing something that no one else in the city of St. Louis decided to do? And so <laughs> I, I'm not proud of these thoughts, but it's what was going on in my head. 
So I go in and I start the movie and they're watching and then I just sit there and I do I do as much of the closing stuff as I can so that when the movie is over I can race out of there. And I'm sort of seething as I'm doing this stuff going, "Ah, oh, this is so ridiculous. I could be gone already. I could be enjoying my friends and this party and who knows what could be happening." And well, I pout and I pout and I sit there sort of miserably and um, part of me even go thinks, man, what if I just went in and stopped the projector and then went down and said, I don't know what happened. The the film broke. Uh, I'm sorry. You're going to have to leave. <laughs> if I just totally sabotaged it. Well, I didn't do that. I, of course, I, I sat there like a baby mad that I was missing my New Year's Eve party. Well, I see uh, eventually at the clock on the clock, the movie's going to end. And, uh, in fact, the credits are probably rolling right now. So I get up out of my, out of the manager's office and I walk to the theater and I open up the big doors. So, uh, leading into the, this gigantic, uh, movie house, the only one sort of like it left in the, in the St. Louis area. And I see on screen that indeed the credits are rolling and I look and the, the four people there are standing up, and they were two married couples, and uh, older, like I said, and they're hugging each other. They are saying Happy New Year to each other, and they're giving each other, you know, the two women hug, and the two men hug, and then the uh, unmarried you know, uh, the people who aren't married to each other, they hug the man and woman and the other man. And these are long, meaningful, tight hugs. And they're they're really wishing each other a happy new year. You can see it in their faces that that they are with exactly who they want to be with at this time and and who they want to celebrate the past year and the future year with. And they... Th- they didn't want to go out and have an extravagant New Year's. They wanted to see a nice movie with each other and have some soda and popcorn and relax. And what a joy it must have been for them to be the only ones in the theater to where they could laugh as loud as they wanted or they could comment on the film without worry of interrupting each other. And after they hug each other, the couples then sort of fall into each other's arms and they look up at the, I remember they kind of looked back up at the screen for a second as if to say, boy, we enjoyed that. You know, uh, they just gave the, the, the screen another glance. They, what a nice movie. And they slowly walked out and uh, they walked past me and they had giant smiles on their faces and they emanated just so much warmth and love and uh, happiness and they wished me a happy new year. And every negative thought and every grouchy um, complaint and every bit of uh, FOMO that I had had, that, that, whole, that whole two and a half, you know, whatever, hours just pouting and being uh, selfish and, and thinking only of myself, uh, melted away. And I said, oh, I said, Happy New Year to you. 
and thank you for being here tonight. And I meant it at that at that point. Thirty seconds before then, I I may have said it, but I wouldn't have meant it. But I I did mean it. Thank you for being here. And really, what I was thanking them for was not the money they spent at this theater. Um, it wasn't their patronage. It was the reminder they gave me that, hey, there's a bigger world out there than just you and whatever it is that you had wanted to do. And I got to witness these four people in a, a wonderful moment. And it was a, you know, they left. And uh, um, I remember kind of laughing, walking down to where they were sitting, and they had left all their trash. And I remember thinking, good for you. This is... <laughs> This is this is your New Year's, and uh, let somebody else clean up. All right, let let me take care of it. I'm already here. This is my job, uh, and uh, it wasn't something that upset me. It was something that I went good for you. <laughs> I got this. Go go have uh, well, go home and go to bed or whatever it is uh, that that you're gonna go do because you had such a nice night and you reminded me to relax. And to focus on what's most important. Uh, and I, that I didn't need to be rushing around and, uh, and, and, and hurrying to get to this party. That party was still going to be going on. And you know what? It was. And I got there. I got there around 1 or whatever. And people were thrilled to see me. Uh, granted, some were gone. And some were passed out. And <laughs> whatever. It was a smaller party than I had anticipated going to at that point in time. But I went and uh, had a uh, terrific time. And I, I, I'm i just grateful that uh, I got to see that moment of, uh, the, that those four people had. And every New Year's I think about that. I think about those four people. And um, they were lovely. And what a lovely time they had. And what a lovely reminder they gave me. And on this New Year's Eve, I hope that you're reminded of everything that was good this year. And it's okay to to think about the bad stuff that happened. And go, oh boy, it's been tough. It has been a rough one. But let some of that slide away as you think about what's going to happen. And the good things that you would like to accomplish. And uh, yes, you should be excited for New Year's Eve to let some of the old go and to uh, look forward and advance into this new year. It's Look, things aren't going to be perfect the morning of January 1st. We all know that. But it still has that, that feeling of a clean slate, doesn't it? Of a new beginning of uh, uh, of a new new chance to do whatever it is that you you would like to do and get done, and to spend time with uh, the people that you want to be spending time with. That's what's most important. That's what I saw that New Year's Eve at the movie theater, and that's what I want to see every New Year's. And that kind of brings me to what I think we should all work on this week. That's a, that's a party song right there. You know what? This is the perfect, like, 1220 song. You know, like, 
New Year's is, has come. The New Year is here. And uh, maybe we're having that second or third glass of champagne, and that music starts, and oh, man. you, you uh, it, it, The term grab your best girl and uh, <laughs> hit the dance floor comes to, comes to mind. <laughs> I am uh, I am an old soul, that's for sure. Well, uh, what I'm going to work on this week, and and I, what I'd like you to to do is, uh, as the year comes to a close, think back on uh, the people that you care about in your life, and think and let them know. Uh, it could be one person, it could be many people. Let them know how you're proud of them. And why you're proud of them. Just share a nice little note, a text or a phone call, or uh, ideally you're sitting next to the person at some point. Um, just kind of grab them. Maybe they're your spouse or your your boyfriend or girlfriend or your kid or somebody you work with or whatever. Just let them know that you're proud of them and why you're proud of them. It really feels good when somebody tells you they're proud of you, doesn't it? And and they they kind of let you know why. Oh my gosh, what a nice feeling! So so give that feeling to somebody else before before the new year. You got a couple days. Let them know, hey, 2020. Wow, what a year! But you know what? I'm so proud of you, and here's why. And I'd like to let you know, um, that I. I'm incredibly proud of you. You you made it. You made it through this bizarre, tough year. And, oh, my gosh, you should be commended. You did it. And uh, I bet more often than not, you did it with grace. And you did it with humility. And you did it um, with optimism, which was hard to do. But... You did it, and I, I am genuinely proud of you for for what you ended up accomplishing this year and what you learned. And uh, we all had uh, our moments of weakness and of anger and uh, frustration and um, all of that. But for the most part, you, uh, you really did well, and uh, I'm proud of you. And um, I thank you for listening to... Uh, the 2020 episodes of that Josh Arnold podcast. And I look forward to 2021 and having a full year of podcasts with you. And uh, thank you very much for uh, listening to me and spending some time with me and uh, talking with me. And on that, I will just leave you with have a very, very happy new year.